You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. says in Luke 2.19, says, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. You say, today we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer, our friend, our healer. Hallelujah. You mean to tell me that God became a baby and was born in a sheep stable? One posing the question sounded as if he honestly didn't know if the story he was hearing was a legend or the gospel truth. That he would be raised in a blue-collar home, never write a book, never hold an office, be betrayed by his own people, and executed like a common thief. Buried in a borrowed grave and can be called the Son of God? He paused a second. Doesn't that all sound rather absurd? The incarnation, absurd? Jesus on a cross, absurd? At the time, the man's questions had taken my Sunday school Jesus down from the flannel board. Then it began to dawn on me. What God did makes sense. It would make sense that Jesus would be our sacrifice. Because a sacrifice was needed to justify man's presence before God. It would make sense that God would use the old law to tutor Israel on their need for grace. It makes sense that Jesus would be our high priest. What God did makes sense. However, why God did it is absolutely absurd. When one leaves the method and examines the motive, the carefully stacked blocks of logic just tumble. That type of love isn't logical. It can't be neatly outlined in a sermon or explained in a term paper. Think about it. For thousands of years, using his wit and charm, man has tried to be friends with God. And for thousands of years, he has let God down. He's done the very thing he promised he'd never do. It was a fiasco. Even the holiest of holies The holiest of heroes sometimes forgot whose side they were on. Some of the scenarios in the Bible look more like the adventures of Sinbad the Sailor than stories of vacation Bible school. Remember the characters? Aaron, the holy priest of God, leading the Israelites in fireside aerobics in front of the golden calf. 
David, the man after God's heart, getting his glasses steamed as the result of a bath on a roof. Adam, adorned in fig leaves and stains of forbidden fruit. Moses, throwing both a staff and a temper tantrum. King Saul, looking into the crystal ball for the will of God. These are the chosen ones to carry out God's mission. It's easy to see the absurdity, isn't it? Why didn't he give up? Why didn't he let the globe just spin off of its axis? It would have been so easy. Even after generations of people had spit in his face, he still loved them. After a nation chosen of chosen ones, after a nation of chosen ones had stripped him naked and ripped his incarnated flesh, he still died for them. And even today, after billions have chosen to prostitute themselves before the pimps of power, fame, and wealth, he still waits for them. It is inexplicable. And yet, it is that very irrationality that gives the gospel its greatest defense. The only, for only God could love like that. Only our God could love this world and the people in this world. The question forced me to see Jesus as I'd never seen him. At first, I didn't recognize him, but it was he, the lion, the Judean lion. He walked out from the dense trees, the trees of theology and ritual, and laid down in a brief clearing. In his paw was a wound, and in his mane were stains of blood. But there was a loyalty and a royalty about him that silenced even the breeze in the trees. Blood-stained royalty. A God with tears. A creator with a heart. God became earth's mockery to save his children. How absurd to think that such nobility would go to such poverty to, to share such a treasure with thankless souls. But he did. In fact, the only thing more absurd than the gift is our stubborn unwillingness to receive it. Have you received his gift? Have you received the gift of his love? Have you received the gift of his salvation? You see, it's a gift that only he could give. It's a gift that he gave from his heart because he loves you that much. Let's bow for this prayer. Lion of the tribe of Judah, we doubt that eternity will be long enough for us to ever figure out why 
you were willing to be stained with blood that we might live. But we thank you for your inexplicable love, and we receive it in reverence. In Jesus' name. I have more to say. Just want to let you know. All right. Miracles surrounding the birth of Jesus, our Lord. Let's ponder for a moment some of the things that that he did leading up to his birth. What did God do? It was prophesied in Isaiah that a child would be born. He would be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He would rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. And Jesus is going to do that. And he is in the midst of it now. Hallelujah. God did so many miracles prior to that. During the birth, just before the birth of Jesus, before and after. The miracle, the miracle of John the Baptist's birth to Elizabeth and Zechariah, who was well up in age and was barren. And God, in his graciousness, sent an angel to Zechariah and said, your wife is going to bear a son, and you are to call him John. And he sent this angel, and, and Zechariah questioned it. How can this be? How am I going to know that's going to happen? And the angel told him, because you doubted, because you doubted what God has said here today through me, you will not be able to speak until after your son is born. What a miracle. What a sign. God's blessing upon this earth. Mary. Mary was visited by an angel as well. The angel Gabriel. And told her she was to give birth to a son and to call his name Jesus. And he would be the son of God. And she said, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And and the angel told her God would overshadow her and bring this to pass. The angel also told about Elizabeth. We heard it today. How Elizabeth was six months along in her pregnancy with John. And as Mary, a few days later from her visitation with her angel, went to visit Elizabeth. Mary walked through the door and gave a, Hello, Elizabeth, it's me, Mary. Just simple. And the baby leapt in her womb. The baby leapt in Elizabeth's womb for joy. And Elizabeth, they said, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Miracle upon miracle upon miracle about the foretelling of what is going to happen, that this is an amazing God coming to earth. After Jesus was born, 
An angel appeared to the shepherds. And then a host of angels. And were worshiping, saying, glory to God in the highest. Peace, peace on earth. All these things were signs and wonders and miracles taking place so that we could believe that this was the Messiah, that this is what was foretold in the scripture, that this was the Son of God. Then a couple of years later, the wise men were given a dream. They had visited Herod before on their way, on their trip to to see Jesus, to see this Christ child. And Herod said, please come back after you find the child. I'd like to go worship him too. Again, a dream. It was just a, a dream. God told them, go home another way. Go home another way. You see, God had a plan, and he executed that plan. That plan is still in process today. The plan is that as the word of God goes forth, we are pricked in our hearts to want to come to see and understand who he is even more. You see, when we come and we worship God, we're giving him our heart. We're giving him who we are. We're saying, God, I I love you. And Lord, I believe that you came and you died for me. You came and and you have touched my soul and my heart. And I'm changed. And I want to be like you. I want to learn to love like you love. I want to give like you give. I want to know you more than anyone else. I want to show you, Lord, that I'm in love with you. He's worthy of our praises. He is so lovely. He's beautiful. Everything he does shows his love for us. He bled and he died for us. You see, our sins would keep us from heaven. I have many, but they've been covered with the blood, which then allows me entrance into the holy heavenly place. Hallelujah. Because of what he did. So because of that, I get to spend eternity with my Lord and Savior, Jesus. Hallelujah. What a gift of love. What a debt that he paid. He died for our sins. He took upon himself the sins of the world, the Bible says. He who didn't know any sin at all became sin. I can't imagine what that must have felt like. He went to the death of the cross for us. How amazing, amazing he is. How wonderful a savior he is. 
And we get to celebrate his birth. We get to know this Christ child through the teachings that we encounter at at church, through the different sermons that we hear, not only here, but on the radio, all the different ways and understandings that we get to know Jesus. The most important thing that we can do this season is to give him our time, to give him our love and show him We say we love him, but how do we show him we love him? Through our busyness, through our getting ready for celebration with family and friends. We need to take time individually. And I I I guess I would like to challenge you. You have a few days. If this season has been so busy and you haven't been able to spend time with Jesus, spend time with Jesus. It's his birthday. It's his birthday. We need to make sure we're spending it with him, worshiping him, praising him, glorifying him, talking about him, sharing it with others. It was his birth that allows us entrance into eternity. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so thankful that I know this Jesus. He is like none other. He's given his all for you and me and for everyone else in this world. We need to spread that good news. We need to spread that good news. You see, because he is our Savior, we can bow our knee before him repent of our sin, invite him into our hearts, be changed in our mind and our soul, take on new life and walk with him. And he gives everyone that opportunity. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to be tall. You don't have to be little. You don't have to be thin. You don't have to be anything other than who you are. And you come to Jesus with an open heart that says, I want this Savior in my life. Because my friends, my family, you need him in your life. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for who he is. I'm so thankful for what he's brought into my life and into all of our lives. Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are awesome. You are so, so awesome. And I thank you, Jesus, for your love for us. I thank you, Lord, that you, can, that you can come in like a storm and change things. And, Lord, you can come in like a still, small voice and change the world. And, Lord, I pray that, that as we continue this service, Lord, that you would speak to hearts that are here. Prepare us, God, for what you have ahead, not only in this service, but but in our lives, God, as family, as we continue to travel throughout this holiday season. Lord, I thank you for your love, and I ask your blessing here now. Speak to our hearts and touch us, God, I pray. And Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.